Engaging presentations on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. My brothers and sisters, happy Lord's Day. It is the second Sunday of Lent. We are continuing this powerful journey together And I'm grateful for you joining me for a time of prayer and scripture reflection. Invite others to join our broadcasts and feel free to leave your prayer intentions in the comments. Let's get right into this uh, reading. We're going to read the first reading for today. And uh, let's put ourselves in the Lord's presence. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We praise you, Lord God, because you are everything for us. Life, joy, fulfillment, salvation. We ask forgiveness for our sins through which we, we, we deny the joy and the power of these gifts in our lives and we throw them back in your face. Preserve us from the rebellion of sin. May we lead others to repentance by our good example and by our forgiveness of them. Lord God, we ask you now that we might understand your word more deeply. May we live it more faithfully. May we proclaim it more effectively. We pray through Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. A reading from the book of Genesis. God put Abraham to the test. He called to him, Abraham. Here I am, he replied. Then God said, Take your son Isaac, your only one, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah. There, You shall offer him up as a holocaust on a height that I will point out to you. When they came to the place of which God had told him, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. Then he reached out and took the knife to slaughter his son. But the Lord's messenger called to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, here I am, he answered. Do not lay your hand on the boy, said the messenger. Do not do the least thing to him. I know how devoted now you are to God, since you did not withhold from me your own beloved son. As Abraham looked about, he spied a ram caught by its horns in the thicket. So when he went and took the ram and offered it up as a holocaust in place of his son. Again the Lord's messenger called to Abraham from heaven and said, I swear by myself, declares the Lord, that because you acted as you did in not withholding from me your beloved son, I will bless you abundantly and make your descendants as countless as the stars of the sea and the sands of the seashore. Your descendants shall take possession of the gates of their enemies, and in your descendants all the nations of the earth shall find blessing. All this because you obeyed my command. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Wow, it's, it's obviously one of the most dramatic and powerful stories in all of Scripture and in all of, of history. And of course, the background to this that makes it all the more amazing is that Abraham didn't have any children, although God had promised him children as numerous as the stars of the sky and the sands on the seashore, And Isaac means laughter because in his old age, in his 90s, 
when God told him, now you're going to have a son, he and his wife are in their 90s, and it's like, he, they laughed. And yet God fulfilled that promise. Isaac already is a miracle child and the one on whom now depends this ultimate promise of God that his descendants would be as numerous as the stars. I mean, that in itself, talk about a test of faith, trust. God is God. God is sovereign. God knows what we do not know. We have to trust him absolutely is what is coming across here. And we have to trust him no matter how gut-wrenching it would be to do the things that we realize we have to do. Look at the position Abraham is in. As a devoted follower of God, and yet as a, as a human father, he's put in an impossible situation. It's like, I have to obey the God who's commanding me. He's God. And yet for a father to be able to sacrifice his son in this way, whom he loves, talk about, it, 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 it's hard to imagine the kind of feelings of Abraham. And yet, what we see here is a test of obedience that foreshadows Christ. Isaac here is not actually killed by his father Abraham. God is not going to permit that. But he is going to test how much he trusts the Lord. But there's a poignant passage here. You know, when you read these readings from the lectionary or as they're proclaimed at Mass, it, 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 there, are, there are often sections in between these verses that are left out just for the sake of, uh, not to change the meaning of the reading, but just for the sake of the uh, time uh, that, that uh, it, it takes to go through some of these longer passages. And in one of these intervening sections, you have the carrying. In fact, let's go, go to Genesis. This is from Genesis 22, where uh, they go to Moriah. They're, they're, they're on their way there. And Isaac here is what is called a type of Christ. The type means a, a foreshadowing, something now that symbolizes something that's going to happen later and foretells it in some way. And I want to go to the section here where he's carrying the wood. So Abraham took, his, took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac his son. And he took in his hand the fire and the knife, so they both went together. And Isaac said to his father Abraham, My father. And he said, Here I am, my son. He said, Behold the fire and the wood. But where is the lamb for the offering? Abraham said, God himself will provide the lamb. Now there's a number of powerful things there. Look at Abraham, the father, his only son whom he loves. The son carrying the wood to the place of sacrifice. Remind you of anything? Jesus is carrying his cross. And that sacrifice actually happens. The obedience now not being Abraham obeying God, but Jesus Christ, the Son, obeying the Father. As Paul writes to the Philippians, obedience even unto death on the cross. That obedience being the reversal 
of the pride and rebellion that marks the devil's sin. You go to Revelation 12. War broke out in heaven. The devil and his angels rebelled against God. The one who was on leading the angels who were faithful to God is called Michael because that means who is like God? We can't rebel against God. We can't be like God on our own authority. If he wants to raise us up, that's one thing. But we can't ascend his throne by our own choice. That's a rebellion. It's a pride. It's the Tower of Babel. It's exalt yourself and you will be humbled. But obedience, even unto death on the cross, this is the reversal of that pride and rebellion which has marred the human family. I see how devoted you are to God. We see how Christ Jesus, the only begotten Son, is totally devoted to the Father as he goes to the cross for us. So Isaac is carrying the wood. And then he asks a question that's answered only at the coming of Christ. Where's the lamb? And Abraham says, God will provide the lamb. Not only at that moment in history on Moriah where God does in fact provide the, 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 the ram for the sacrifice, but it's a question, it's a promise, it's an assurance that Abraham makes that points down through the millennia to the time of Christ. God will provide the Lamb who takes away the sins of the world. And so John the baptizer answers the question of Isaac when he says, Behold the Lamb of God. There he is. There's the one whose obedience, there's the one whose sacrifice, there's the one whose blood is going to save the whole world. Where is the Lamb? And that question continues now. Where is the Lamb? We know that it is Jesus. But where is the Lamb today being offered in union with Jesus? We, as Scripture tells us, are called to make spiritual sacrifices daily that are pleasing to God. We, by our obedience, our obedience, even in impossible situations, this is where fathers and mothers and grandparents are in situations every day where what is right seems impossible to them. I'm thinking, of course, of the circumstances related to abortion. When we say, when we try to counsel somebody who's pregnant and afraid that she cannot kill that baby, we're putting her very often, humanly speaking, in a situation where it seems impossible to her what we're saying. And yet God never puts us in a situation where fulfilling His will is an impossibility may seem that way, it may feel that way. He always gives us the grace to do what is right, just as He gave Abraham the grace to do this unthinkable thing, which, of course, then God stays His hand at the end. God gives us the grace. When we have situations where we have to tell someone, no, no, you can't abort your child, and she says to us, oh, but this is an impossible situation, we can appreciate exactly how she feels. And nevertheless... The trust she's being asked at that moment to place in God, a trust exhibited even more dramatically in this reading, is precisely what we have to engender in her. And how do we do that? 
So like Mother Teresa said in her famous prayer breakfast speech, and as I discussed with her often, that we, sh we teach the woman how to love. That's how she ends up putting aside her own plans and desires to make room for the life of the child. So it is again. You're only one, God says to Abraham. Take your son, whom you love. Reminds us of Romans chapter 8. Starting with verse 31. What shall we then say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son. He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all. How will he not also, with him, graciously give us all things? How is it that God the Father did not spare his own Son, but handed him over for the sake of us all? The answer is love. That he inspired from all eternity, poured forth from all eternity in the inner life of the Trinity, that infinite love from the Father into the Son, the love that would then allow Him to lay down His life for us. It wasn't God punishing His Son. It wasn't God being cruel. It was God being loving. He pours love into the Son, and the Son, therefore, lays down His life to save us and to conquer that very power of death through which, ironically and paradoxically, he wins that victory. What an amazing thing. Love enables us to sacrifice. Love enables us to give life. Love enables that mother to do what, like Abraham faced, seems like an impossible situation. God makes it possible through that power of love. Let's hold on to that. Let's receive it anew. Let's make it the hallmark of our Lent that this is a time when we grow in that love which gives life. Amen. Father, we marvel at the strength that it took Abraham to, to do this. We marvel at the courage reflected in the Lord Jesus Christ to go to the cross Father, not my will, but thy will be done. Lord God, we, we marvel at the, the surrender of Abraham to, in complete trust to your protection, your providence, your plan. He knew what you had told him, and yet he surrendered to you in complete trust and obedience. Father, we ask you, give us the same obedience. Give us the same willingness to surrender to you in trust, carrying out your will. And give that strength, Lord God, to all those who face the temptation of abortion. May they reject it firmly. It doesn't mean they will know how you're going to take care of them or their child, but it means they trust you. We trust you. Lord, fulfill that trust and strengthen us in every other way to serve you as well. Grant us all the things of which we stand in need. Bless us, bring us to a culture of life. Bring wisdom to voters. Give us an election, Lord, that will save our nation. 
and continue to witness through us to the dignity of every life. And now we pray as Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. We pray to our Heavenly Mother, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Pleasure to have you with us, friends. Happy Lord's Day. May we continue with joy on this Lenten journey. And we will talk to you. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.